so again, this is uh, a new format, new, uh, if you're, I think, uh, hopefully, um, if you're new here, I don't know if we have any first-time guests today, but this is a different setting, and it's hopefully more intimate, and it kind of recalls our first days uh, as Connection Point Church. Uh, Joey and I had just an understanding of uh, all we need is... Uh, guitar, and if the guitar string breaks, we don't even need that, uh, and then I'll bring a Bible, and we can have church anywhere, anytime. It's not going to be a place that we go. It's going to be the people that we are, and so uh, I like uh, our change of setting. Also, I like when you're on the front row that you can see that you're not alone sometimes when you're uh, in, in just rows, so I like this because uh, it really speaks to where we want to be for the next two weeks um, for sure, and that is just a little more intimate, a little more uh, focused on being the church and not just coming to church. And so even the way that we're going to be speaking uh, today, it's not a pronouncement from the pastor to it is us as a team trying to be prepared in this next season that God has for us. Uh, and so I'm very, very excited about today and next week especially. Um, I'll, the schedule, just so to be clear, um, this week and next week are our last days in this building, and then uh, on the 25th, we're going to be at Cooper Junior High. On the 1st, we're going to be at Cooper Junior High, and those are going to be trial runs, so to speak. We're going to have what we call our soft launch. That is, you can invite people. I'm going to be preaching messages, but it's the messages I preach are going to be mainly for believers, mainly for you uh, to, to be prepared on why we do what we do. Uh, and if you have, especially unchurched or non-Christian friends, we, I encourage you to, um, to focus on the 8th, September 8th. I'm going to be starting a series on uh, technology, on what some biblical principles about how to deal with uh, your family and technology. And so I think it's going to be very practical, very helpful, um, and something that if, uh, if you're a first-time uh, guest at church, you would be like, hey, that was great. I got something out of that. And so um, that's kind of... Uh, what we're, uh, what the next few weeks look like. And so today uh, we're going to kind of kind of just set the table for, uh, for us as a launch team. So welcome to the launch team of the Wiley launch team for Connection Point Church. You are all commissioned right now onto it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and kick us off with a word of prayer uh, before I get into what I have to say today. Lord, I thank you so much for, uh, for this church and for every person here and for the message, not that you, just that you put on my heart, but that you put on the heart of this church. And so, Lord, we just pray that over the next uh, few minutes here and over the next few weeks that you will just prepare us, build the anticipation in our hearts that you are about to, to move in us and, and that we are going to see you move in a way that maybe we haven't seen before. Lord, I pray that we'll be more and more excited each day about what you're doing in this church, uh, and that our future will always be the most exciting thing about this church, knowing that you are going to do even greater things. And so, Lord, we just call upon you uh, today to just uh, touch our hearts and let us leave here uh, not the same as we came in. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. When I was in uh, kindergarten, I uh, had a crush on this girl named Melissa, and uh, I was in line one day walking back from the cafeteria to, I've never told my wife about Melissa, so y'all, it's new information for her. Um, as, uh, as we were walking from the cafeteria to, uh, to kindergarten, to Miss Porter's class, uh, 
I see in the corner of my eye, I see a roll of insulation that was, had been left out. I don't know what they were doing, but it had the Pink Panther on it. You know, the Pink Panther, that, it was a brand, I guess, of, of insulation. And so I saw this, and I thought to myself, that looks like cotton candy. And so I didn't know what it was, but I just ran over, and I just wanted to feel it. So I just jammed my hand into the insulation, which isn't a good idea. But as I'm doing that, uh, I'm like, wow, that's not cotton candy, you know, whatever lesson I'm learning there. And then I hear this voice yelling, and I turn around, and I don't even see. I see a shadow on the tile of the cafeteria wall, and it's Miss Cross. Now, Miss Cross, uh, I'm sure she was an adorable woman, okay? But my memories of her are anything but adorable. And I hear her yelling, and she sees me, she catches me, and she takes me to the principal's office. And my life of crime starts at that moment when I am sent to the principal's office, and they tell me how they're going to, uh, I remember having to sign something saying that my parents are going to know about this. And I remember at some point, this is where, my, the idea that I had a permanent record came from, you know, that, that in my mind, they said, hey, this is going to go on your record. And in my mind, even when I was a fifth grader, I was like, man, I just, I hope I get into college someday because I got this, <laughs> you know, I got this hanging over me from kindergarten, this criminal record now. And the biggest moment of that, though, is when I get to uh, Miss Porter's class and I sit next to Melissa And I just remember her looking at me and saying, you got sent to the principal's office? I didn't know you were that type of person. (laughs) And I remember this this weight of, oh my gosh, I was so out of character that I didn't know I was that type of person. And just she never looked at me the same again. I was just, I was on the outlaw crew. It was just not, it's not who I thought I was. And so it's kind of funny because Even now, as I approach my mid-40s, I'm just beginning to realize, you know what, I finally think I'm figuring out some of who I am. And it's not going to surprise me at all if I hit 60 and realize, you know what, when I was in my mid-40s, I had no idea who I was. And if you were to have told me when I was in my 20s, you don't even know who you are yet. If you were to, to have, if I were to say that to you and you're in your 30s, you don't even know who you are yet. You, pr- you might not listen to it. I don't know if I'd have listened to it, but one of the things that I know is our church has a similar uh, process. And that when we started this church, we started with ideas thinking, hey, we know who we are. But one of the things I'm realizing more and more is we don't even know who we are yet in, in a lot of ways. But we know a lot more now. We've learned a lot of lessons now that we didn't when we began. When we began, uh, I have a lot of stories. I told you a few weeks ago about the Springs Church, which really the formation of this church came out of that church. And that church really, for me, was a lot of lessons on not, how not to lead. Um, one lesson I want to tell you about that happened in, that, in the Springs uh, is about six or seven months in, maybe a little further in, I brought our leaders together, and we didn't have an official leadership team, but I had some leaders, and this week we had met, uh, we decided to meet at Baskin-Robbins, which, by the way, one of the great things about not having an actual church building is whenever you want to have a meeting, you just, who's ever leading the meeting just picks the, whatever they feel like eating or snacking on, and you just say, hey, let's go meet at Baskin-Robbins. We're meeting, and I come in, and I'm so excited about this meeting. I'm so prepared because I have this new, fresh vision. Matt, you were there, weren't you? And so, yeah, this was a historic time. Jeremy was also there, which we'll get to in just a second. Um, And I come in, I'm so excited about this uh, meeting, 
because I've got this fresh vision, this fresh, you know, just this is the direction of our church. It's going to be life-changing. It's going to be so awesome. I'm so excited. So I start talking. I just tell them how awesome this new vision, this is what we're going to do. This is what people are going to be so wowed by this. It's going to be incredible. I just read it in this book, or I'd seen a, another church that had done this. Man, it's going to be incredible. And I, in as I'm talking, Jeremy just puts his hands down, and then he puts his head down like this. And I just begin to realize they are not near as excited about it as I am. And one of the things that happens quite frequently in my early uh, attempts at leading is I got way, way more excited than the people that I was leading. And uh, he just puts his head down. This is the great thing about having my twin brother in the church is that he's vocal when he sees something. He's not intimidated by me as a pastor. He's respectful, but yet uh, honest, we'll say. And he just puts his head down and he says, we're tired of your fresh visions. (laughs) We're tired of every time we meet We scrap the plan and we start going in a new direction. We're tired of you constantly changing where we're going and and getting so excited. We're just tired because it's us that have to implement whatever this new vision is, and we're tired of it. Uh, And from that lesson, uh, it was a lot less uh, of, uh, you know, the oomph that I thought it would give to our church in that time. But I did leave with just an understanding of leading that it's not just about what God is telling or leading me, but it's also when and how. And so over the past few years, I say that to to let you know, over the last few years, God is putting a lot of stuff on my heart as far as where we need to go as a church. Um, uh, Really the idea of of living a connected life and having a vision of our church that is about these three relationships, that that really if if you want to know where we want you to be as a church, we want you to be connected, we want you to know God, we want you to grow in His image, and we want you to show the love of God. Those three relationships of God, yourself, and others, and if you can have godly perspective in those, that vision has been on my heart for a long time. And so uh, the same for the priorities we've been going over of we have values and we've talked about these values since the day we began the church. But God has has begun to show me that our values are not as clear to to new people to our church as they were, as they once were. For example, we have a, uh, a value that is we are a church that does. That was really impactful back when we had it because we wanted to be a church where everyone's involved, where you don't just sit on the back row, you don't go to church, you are the church. But that language of we are a church that does has kind of lost some of its impact. Um, And so God has been showing me that expressing it with priorities is a much clearer way to do it. Whenever you say something, we value this over that, it clarifies it a little bit. And so uh, the first week um, I began to, to, uh, two weeks ago, I began to go through some of our value or our new priorities. The first one was we value or prioritize relationships over religion. The second one we talked about last week, we prioritize authenticity or authentic over artificial. And it kind of clarifies, when we say we want to be authentic, what does that mean? Well, we don't want to be artificial. We we want to compare it to something. Uh, And so the reason for doing that, I want you to just know, is there's a lot of changes going on right now. And these changes, I know it feels like there's just so, there's a lot. This is going to be a different church when we, uh, in a couple of weeks. But these are strategic because as we begin to see, we're going to be in a new location, in a new city. With uh, We're going to be portable. We're going to have new teams. 
I begin to see we need new leadership. There's some, some leadership changes we need to be. There's a leadership philosophy that God has put on my heart that I'm not even going to get into to, um, today. But there's just been so many things that have been sitting, and God has been saying, now is the time. I'm giving you this transition. Uh, our leadership team, for example, is transitioning. We're going to be expanding our leadership team from, uh, from eight people to 12 people. And uh, you may have heard some of the changes. A, a few months ago, I went to our leadership team in anticipation of this, and I said to each one of them, hey, here is where we are going, and I just want you to pray about whether you're in the right spot or whether there's something that you feel passionate about. Um, and so I went to uh, Lynn Brooks, and I said, Lynn, she has led our, our kids' area for almost 10 years now, and I said, Lynn, is there a place you're passionate about that you think maybe in this new season that you'd be called to? And she said, yes. She said, I actually feel right now as if uh, my call is to help with following up with new believers. And she specifically says, said, it's, it's a burden of mine that, uh, that when new believers come in our church or are baptized, that uh, we, we simply put them into the process of our church. We put them into groups and we have them come. But she says, I really would like to make sure that they have a foundation. And so we started talking about that. And so one of the things we have is a follow-up team. Uh, Lynn Brooks is going to be heading up our follow-up team. And it's something she's passionate about. And I'm excited uh, to have her leadership because it's not just following up with uh, new believers and, and people that are baptized, but also with first-time guests, also with prayer requests, anything that is, is uh, given to us as, hey, there needs to be a next step, Lynn is going to make sure that happens. And I'm excited because there's a, all of you that have signed up on that team are going to be a valuable, valuable asset to uh, making this church a better church. Um, that, of course, leads a, a void in our kids' area. And so one of the um, the blessings we have in this church is we've got a lot of qualified people. And so Teresa Nash has uh, volunteered. That was something that she felt called to do. And, and with We School moving out of our umbrella, Teresa is going to take over um, leading the kids area and being a coordinator of that. And so it's exciting to see Lynn be able to, um, to move to somewhere she's um, still passionate. She's still passionate about kids too, but Teresa also being able to do that. The same for um, our outreach team. We really, for a while, have been wanting to have our missions or our outreach uh, consolidated to where we have a, a, a plan of how we um, are ministering to the world and to the community and the city and now even to the school we're in. And so Ashley Green, uh, she's, she said she wants to uh, help lead that team. And so in our small groups, our connect groups, uh, there's leadership opportunities. And so we've got Jarrett Benson and Jonathan Carr, Jonathan's right over there, have, uh, they're going to be stepping into leadership there. And I'm excited about that because there are pieces to our connect groups that uh, we've never uh, expressed. And now we've, uh, for example, we've always been about care in our connect groups. That's been the primary function of our connect groups is that we care for one another. And they've, you guys have cared for each other well. But we've also, now we've begun to pray about, well, how can we also expand our, uh, the depth of, of knowledge in Bible study in our connect groups? And we've always studied the Bible. You know this in our connect groups. I, I can't stand it when people say, oh, we're finally going to study the Bible. And that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is we're going to have a strategy of how can we grow uh, intentionally uh, during the week um, and not just consider the main portion, if you will, on Sundays, but that we can also have a strategy of uh, God's word um, throughout the week. And so I'm excited that Jonathan and Jared are going to be able to add that piece along with the Right Now media that we've um, had. So there's just a lot of good things that God is doing, and I want to let you know, I know there's a lot of change right now, 
but that this is a well-timed change, I think. And so uh, I'm so excited for what God is going to do. Um, on the September 8th, when we launch, um, I believe it could be our, there's no reason it couldn't be our biggest uh, day, a regular day ever. I really think that uh, if we put that in our mind and begin to pray for that day, begin to see who we're going to invite, who we can uh, have come on that day, I believe that that, that is going to be a, a big day, but I'm excited about um, being able to think about that big day and not be intimidated, knowing that because we have so many of you that are great uh, leaders, that we are ready for that day, and I'm excited about these new teams. I'm excited about what we're doing. Um, the value or the priority I want to talk about today is crucial to us being ready and being used by God, I think. In fact, of all the priorities, this is one priority that every iteration of our church has had this as a value in some way. Because to me, this value has changed my life profoundly. In fact, even when I used to struggle with uh, depression in my own life, one of the, the realizations was this priority. When I made this priority shift in my own life, it really was one of the things that helped me begin to move out of a personal depression and a personal struggle. But then as I began to see it in our culture, I began to say, this is what our church has to always, we can't lose this idea. The priority today also is one of the ones that comes most from, uh, almost directly from the words of Christ. It's just rephrasing the words of Christ. But I think this has the potential, um, anytime we preach on this, to impact uh, the culture in a way that's just so countercultural once you really grasp what's going on. The value or the priority we're going to talk about today is prioritizing giving over getting. Prioritizing giving over getting. And it's such a simple idea. But in my own life, it has made such a big, um, a big realization. You know, Jesus, when he taught us to pray, he, sa- he slips this in. He says, pray the, um, for your daily bread. And we, we sometimes we, we skip over that, but he doesn't say pray for a whole bunch of bread so that you can eat for the whole week. He says pray for your provision today, your provision. For, pray that you'll have enough today. In the Proverbs it says, he, um, the, the writer is writing, he says, give me enough today so that I will have enough of my portion. Don't give me too much so that I might think this is all mine. Don't, don't give me too much so that I, I might forget who God is as my provider But he also says, give me enough so that I won't be wanting and I won't be tempted to go steal or do something that will profane the name of God. Just give me enough for today. One of the things I began to realize in my own life is I had become susceptible to what I think all of us are. And that is that you get into a a culture of upgrades to where you define success by the next best thing. Hey, I got this, uh, this watch, I got this car, I got this house, I got this. And then you get there and you think to yourself, man, what's next? I guess I'm, I'm hopefully going to be able to get a bigger house someday. You know, I'm hopefully going to be able to get a better car someday. And, and it's a never-ending cycle. Solomon, King Solomon, who was a wise man, he says it's like chasing the wind. You'll never catch it if you are simply looking for the next upgrade. And so my life, I, I began to realize there was no real goal. There was no real uh, success ever achievable in my life. And that helped feed some of this depression of I'm never going to actually succeed. I'm never going to actually get to the next level. Um, because there's always going to be that next level. And so when I began to realize that the blessing of God is his provision, 
When you're sitting in your house and you have a roof over your head, you've got food on the table, and you've got the necessities that get you through that day, that's the promise of God. That's what God says, hey, I'm going to take care of you like I take care of the flowers in the field. I'm going to take care of you like I clothe uh, the birds and, and, and give them food. I'm going to take care of you in that same way. When you realize that God's promises is that you're going to be taken care of today and that everything you have above and beyond that, hey, that's blessing, that's great, but that's not the promise of God. The promise of God is that he is going to take care of you today, that you are going to be provided for. Then all of a sudden it changes a lot about who you are. In fact, every one of us in here becomes rich when you understand this principle. You know, there are two ways to be rich. Now, when I say rich, this is what I mean. Being rich is being able to have all that you want, everything in life that you want. That's how you, anyone who has all that they want in life, they're rich. And you can, you can be rich by, you can have all that you want by making money and, and continuing to get more and more and get everything that you see and you want, you can get that. Or you can be rich by wanting less. When you get to that point where you realize, you know what, I don't have to have the next thing, that I am in the promise of God, that's rich. And I had this moment in my mind where I realized, sitting at home one day, reading in my, my kitchen, and I was just like, you know what, this is exactly what I, this is a blessing of God. I've got a healthy family, I've got a roof over my head, I've got food on the table, I am rich. And it doesn't matter how many Instagram photos I see of somebody on a mountain telling me how awesome their life is. I'm exactly, I am blessed and I'm living a life of joy simply because I've realized it's not about what I get in life. But what I want to show you today is something that when I was reading it, uh, it just knocked me back as far as how to lead a church. We're going to be in Acts chapter 20 today. And in Acts chapter 20, uh, it's just one thing I want to show you. Paul is called the Ephesian elders together, and it's a church, and he tells this church, you're never going to see me again. And he's about to leave this church uh, and go and start some other church. But he loves this church. He started this church, and he has big plans for this church. He wants to see this church take over the world. He wants to see the gospel spread through this church. And so I want you to think about if, you're, if, if I was leaving this church or if you were leaving a church that you have high hope for, what you would say how are they going to do this? How are they going to set themselves apart? How are they going to reach the world? This is what he says. And, and I'm going to start in verse 28 just to give you some uh, background. He says, Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, men will speak twisted things and draw to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, be alert. Remember that three years I did not cease to admonish every one of you with tears. Now I commend to you uh, God and to the word and commend you to God and to the word of his grace that you are able to build up and to give yourselves to give you the inheritance among those who are sanctified. So what he's saying is this. I'm about to go away, but know this. There are wolves about to come in. There are people, when I leave, there are people going to come in and they're going to try to split your church. They're going to try to convince your disciples to leave. They're going to try to pull this church apart. And so what he says is pretty shocking in that context because... In that context, there are, are those of you, he says, I, I've, I've held the line theologically. I've stood here and I've said, when I saw somebody wrong, I, I've said to their face, even if it brought me to tears, I corrected them and I've held this church in place. And now he says, now to you, this is, I want to show you how I did it. 
What would be the words that you would say if you were going to leave one, one idea into a church that you just told you're about to be ripped apart by people inside and out trying to tell people and, and pull them away? I might have a, a thousand different things that I think they need to know in that instance. But what Paul says is this. He says, I want you to remember, I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands minister to my necessities and, and to those who are with me. And all things I've shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak. So he says to him, listen, if you're going to lead this, this is what you need to know. I haven't coveted. I haven't made this about me. I've made this about me working hard so that I can help the weak. And then he does something very, very important in the church. He says this, And remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. So the idea that Paul wanted this church to remember is if you want to keep this thing going after I leave and as people try to tear it apart, the one thing you've got to do is you've got to remember it is more blessed to give than to receive. And he quotes Jesus, and it's important that he quotes Jesus, because Jesus, we don't have an actual quotation of Jesus saying this. So when Paul quotes this, he pulls out of history something that had disappeared from the gospel, and that is the saying of Jesus, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And so when we think about what makes a church countercultural, what makes it stand out, nothing makes it stand out more than giving over getting. Now I want you to just understand, I'm not talking about just the ones, I'm talking about the person who has valued my life is I'm happier when I'm giving. That I, I don't need to get because I've already gotten everything I need. That mindset of not just, hey, I love Christmas, I love getting, but that mindset of somebody who lives their life as if giving makes, brings me more joy than getting. I want to just give you two reasons why this is uh, a big deal for a church. The first thing is this, I am closer to God when I give. I'm closer to God when I give. This is what uh, John says in 1 John 3, 16, he says this, By this we will know love, that he laid down his life for us, we ought to lay down our lives for other others. He gave to us, we ought to give to our brothers. And then he says, if anyone has the world's goods, if anyone has money or anything of the world, and he sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart to him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. In other words, let us be tangible in our love. And he equates that with giving material stuff. You are most like God who gave to us when you give to those who are in need. The second thing I want you to see is that I see God clearest when his people give. I see God clearest when his people give. Paul makes this a point of what he's saying. If you want to really stand out as church, you've got to give and love. It's be blessed by your giving, not your getting. Your standard of giving is more important than your standard of living is what Paul is saying. This is what uh, I think of when I think of being blessed as a church. Um, there are many instances where I've just seen the love of God through somebody giving to me. And it happens sometimes in the smallest thing. Uh, um, hey, this past week, uh, Eric and I were at dinner, and somebody bought our, our dinner. And I, we just thought, we just had this moment of, man, we are, are blessed because we have people in this church that, that love us. It was exciting. 
Um, but then we've also had times where it was really hard in life. We had a, a, a few years ago when Clayton was diagnosed with diabetes, and we came home from church that day, and ladies just showed up at our house and started cleaning. And I remember sitting there with two thoughts. The first was, uh, man, I hope Erica doesn't get up and start cleaning with them because that's kind of her nature. But then as we sat there and watched people clean our house, we thought to ourselves, man, this is what it feels like to be loved by the love of Christ. It was just people loving us when we had nothing to give. And I believe as we move forward in, in, in our church, we have to understand that what's going to change this, this, the community is people seeing a church that will give, 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 and value giving over getting. I believe that with all my heart, not just financial giving, which you guys have been generous, but the idea that we will give our time, our talents, and our treasure is transformative as a church. That's what's going to make people look at us. This church, when we started this church, we would go out and we would try to give more than we would get. We would try, we, we did a gas buy down one time where we just paid down the uh, gas and people showed up to that and they were like, wow, you're just doing this for, for free? We used to give out breakfast to people in uh, the lines dropping their kids off until we had a little incident occurred. We had to stop doing that. Uh, but uh, we used to always try to, to be known for these things. And one of the things that as we move into, this, uh, situ- into a situation where we only are visible on Sundays, it's going to be so important that we as a church spread out and spread our generosity. And so... The sermon now is going to continue, but we're going to continue through being practical about this, okay? Um, I'm going to say a prayer, and then Joey's going to uh, lead the offering. Giving, uh, obviously, is a big part financially that you guys have done a great job. But then we're going to break in. We're going to do something unusual. We're going to spend the remaining uh, amount of time uh, as teams talking about when we give our time to this church, when we are in the kids' area, or if we're on the greeting team, or if we're on the setup team and the band, and all of the things we're going to be doing on Sunday morning, we're going to spend some time training, because we want to make sure if we're going to give our time as a church, that we're going to give it in the, in the most, we're going to be prepared in the most efficient way. And so um, that's what we're going to do to end this. And if you're not on a team, or if you don't know what team you're on, you can look at the wall. But if you're not, if your name's on the wall, I want to encourage you to come to the greeting team. Because every single person uh, is on the greeting team, even if you're not scheduled to be on the greeting team. Everybody needs to know the principles of the greeting team. But um, we're going to divide into three different areas, and we're going to have those team leaders train on, uh, on how we're going to do this, when we, how we're going to lead these teams when we move into uh, the um, school. And so don't leave. Don't leave when we dismiss after the Go and spend some time on your team. Joey will go over the, the logistics of this. Um, but I'm going to say a word of prayer, and uh, then we'll keep going. Lord, I thank you so much for this church. I thank you so much for not just this church, but this launch team that, that we know that you have given us a high calling. We, you have given us a clear uh, direction now of where we're going to be. Um, and we know that there are people coming to us in the next month that are are coming to just explore a new church. And to them, they may have a hurt or a need that we won't see on the outside. But Lord, I, pr- I pray that you will prepare us so that we are ready for the people that come to us in the next month. And when we move into this uh, school, Lord, I pray that we will be prepared in every way with every team ready to receive those who are far from you, are hurting 
and be able to lead them from where they are to where you want them to be. Lord, I pray that you will use us in new and fresh ways, maybe ways we never thought we would be used. Lord, I thank you for this new season of our church. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Joel. Well, as most of y'all know, we like to take some time every Sunday to uh, talk about the importance of giving and why we give. So I'm just going to give us a little message about that. Um, I'm kidding. Joel just did that. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> if you haven't been here for the last 20 minutes, then uh, wake up. Anyways, I'm going to go ahead and pass these around since he has already talked about why it's good to give. Some of you guys um, give online. Thank you so much for that. I want to, we still pass these baskets because some of you prefer to give cash and checks, and that's awesome. Um, we're, we're happy to do that. I do want to let y'all know that in two weeks when we move to the school, the kiosk where you swipe a card is going away um, because there are just far too many loopholes for us to jump through with having that in a portable environment. Um, and so if that is how you regularly give, I encourage you to check out our website. It's got a really easy way to give online where you, the only difference is that you just have to type in the number of your card. Um, and it's very secure, very, very safe. And we uh, it, we use a, a company that is well-known and um and good at keeping your information safe on there. And so uh, if that's your preferred method of giving, I, I would encourage you to check out our website, and it's got a uh, good way for you to give with a card on that. Um, but I, I want to just kind of call us to to pray for this next season season of our church as we um, as we are giving and as we um, enter into uh, a school. We are this next week. We've got a lot of teachers and students going back to school, and so I want us to just um, actually. I'm going to invite y'all to stand with me as we close this this service out um, or this part of the service. We're going to just pray for for this next week of school starting, um, and then we're our church just entering into a school, right? And so we're gonna, I'm going to pray specifically for Cooper Junior High um, and for, for Wiley ISD, but also just for the, for the teachers and the students that are in our church uh, beginning class this, this next week. So y'all pray with me. God, I just thank you for Connection Point. Um, and God, for, for what you're doing in our church, we're, we're just excited to, uh, to see a move of God in this next season. Lord, I pray right now for this next, next week of people going back to school. God, I pray first for the teachers in, in our church. God, um, that you would, God, that you would renew their passion for what they're doing. Um, Lord, that they would be able to walk into this new school year excited for the opportunity that they have to, um, to, to mold minds, God, to pour into the kids that, that they are given. Lord, I pray that you just reignite their passion for, for this coming year. Lord, I pray for the students um, who are entering into a new year, God, that you would make them a light in their classroom. Um, Lord, that, that other students around them would see you in them and that they wouldn't be ashamed of the gospel. Uh, God, I pray that you would um, make make our students uh, just just uh, bold, God, that they would uh, make wise decisions and that they would be bold for, for the gospel. God, I pray that you surround them with friends that help them make wise decisions, and God, that you would give them uh, a passion for their education. Lord, we... Uh, 
we pray for Cooper Junior High this year as our church enters into it in the coming weeks. God, I pray that um, your spirit is felt through the hallways and the classrooms um, and the auditorium and, and the library. God, we, we pray that your Holy Spirit is felt uh, with the coming of our church in that school. Um, God, I pray that the staff and faculty recognize uh, you in us um, and that they would be drawn to you uh, because of our presence there at their school. I pray that you begin helping us to, to form relationships there. Um, that will be of an eternal impact. Lord, I thank you for each and every person in this church that gives um, of their time, talent, and treasure. God, I pray that you bless our offerings uh, to you and that you grow your kingdom through this church. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.